Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. This one's going to be a little bit different. We've got three movies coming at you in a short. This is like a mini uh, episode, right? Yeah. Okay. Bite-sized movies that we've seen recently that we didn't. Bite-sized? You like that? Fun size, if you will. Ooh, fun size, yes. If we thought ahead, we could have brought a bell, and at the 10-minute mark, someone hits the (laughs) bell, and we go to the next movie. We speed, like speed dating movies. Ding. (laughs) Going on to the next one. Uh, These are ones that we watch. They're kind of getting a lot of buzz. I thought we would bring up our feelings and opinions about them, but maybe not go a full episode dive into it. Um, So let's start off with one that uh, is a Shutter exclusive. Came out in 2022 called Glorious. Uh, this one stars Ryan Quentin. You may know him from True Blood. Are you saying that right? Is it Quentin or Quentin? K W A N. Okay, okay. I just wanted to know if you were saying Quentin wrong, and I was like, wow, what a Kawaiin. weird way to say Quentin. <laughs> Kawaiin. Oh. All right. Go on. <laughs> He's down with the sickness. <laughs> Ryan Quentin from True Blood as Wes. We've got J.K. Simmons uh, playing Gat. And here's what the IMDb description says about this movie. Not the shutter description, the IMDb IMDb. description. After a breakup, Wes ends up at a remote rest stop. He finds himself locked inside the bathroom with a mysterious figure speaking from an adjacent stall. Soon Wes realizes he is involved in a situation more terrible than he could imagine. Currently on Rotten Tomatoes, this is an 86% with the critics and a 54% with the audience. What? Yeah. Now, as someone who hasn't seen this, let me ask you a question. Is Glorious have a Y in it, like Glory Hole? No. That would have been clever. But there is a Glory Hole in it. Okay. All right. And listeners will probably get into minor spoilers or major spoilers. Yeah. If you haven't listened to our fucking podcast, yes. I can't help myself, y'all. I just spoil away. (laughs) I live for these moments. This one really came under the radar. And the only reason I found out about it is because Garbage Pail Kids released some horror cards over the internet recently and one of the cards i was looking i was like i don't know what this monster is and they're all horror themed and one of it was some horrific monster on a toilet and i was like what the fuck is that and then like the artist had to literally chime in online and say that's from this movie called glorious and i was like (laughs) okay i'm gonna go watch that now because i'm intrigued uh and i told you about it john you checked it out too so i thought it was actually pretty damn good for what it was yeah you know it's my favorite movie that takes place totally in a bathroom I agree. <laughs> it's the best bathroom setting I've seen in a while. Agreed. Uh, no, I really did like it as well. Uh, J.K. Simmons does an awesome job, as expected. Was he also in Portal 2? You know, the voice of Portal 2 guy? Was that him? Because the whole time through Glorious, that's what I thought of. Uh, the voiceover, I uh, can't remember his name, but like the boss of the Portal Institute. I'm going to say probably I never actually played Portal 2. I played <sighs> Portal 1. Mark, you got to get on Portal 2. It's, I mean, it's so good. Even this late in the game? Yes, <laughs> it is really good. Okay, I'll check it out. Um, but like I said, spoilers. So uh, what ends up happening is that uh, Wes, he's locked in a bathroom and this voice keeps telling him like, hey, if you want to save the universe, it's totally up to you. If you build it. They will come. come. It's one of those situations. Okay. So the movie kind of spirals through um, him coming to grips and believing that what he's talking to is actually some sort of ancient god. But like a kid also. Yeah. Because his dad is what's going to destroy the universe. And are there young gods? There must be. Because he's So it's a like if god. Jesus came to warn us about God. Is that <laughs> yeah. what we're trying to get at well, here? Well, yeah. If Jesus was like an octopusy, <laughs> disgusting, purple, like a one-eyed purple people eater. Don't, don't pigeonhole him. I think Jesus can be whatever he wants to be. 
Can yeah. he shapeshift? Is that one of his powers? Dude, if you cannot shapeshift to the son of God, you're missing out on some powers right yeah. there. I mean, he comes back from the dead. I'm sure that's in his repertoire. Jesus, get at us. Can you take, can you shapeshift? <laughs> like the exclusive interview with- Water to wine, hands to tentacles. Why not? It's all there. That'd be dope. Um, so he can't actually open the stall and look at him. Otherwise- This podcast is not backed by the Vatican, by the way. No, it never has been and never will be. No, not Vatican approved. Yeah. Hope um, tested, not Vatican approved. <laughs> So one of the rules that the God gives Wes is like, you cannot look at me. If you look at me, you're going to be in intense pain and you'll probably turn into some sort of nasty troll thing. Yeah. And he does try and fail. And it hurts. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, but all he got is there's a little glory hole that he can look through. And you think the movie, based on the trailer, might get really kind of gross and... Like, you think he's going to fuck the, gro- the glory hole. Oh, okay. That's what you yeah. think. Uh, and spoiler, he does. And, it, and it's probably the best scene of the movie. <laughs> he, he stakes his dick in the glory hole. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So and he fucks the God voice. No, the God's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You thought that your dick was going to save the universe? Whoa. <laughs> How bad is that to be denied at a glory hole? And it's like, well, the way you were phrasing it, it was, it was so okay, well done. Okay. It was really excellent. Uh, I think that this movie would fall apart if Ryan wasn't a good actor, but because, you know, it's like yeah. 80% him, right? It's all of his performances. His uh, dealing with this breakup that he's going through is really tearing him apart. Dude, the twist at the end, I was like, holy Did shit. Did not see that. I won't spoil How that How are one, we but... having a twist at the end and John hasn't spoiled that no, yet? it's such a, I, I'm not, you really need to watch it because the build there is so exceptional. You do not see it coming. It's Actually, so you know well what? done. Cue the music. Holy shit. That's a crazy twist. It yeah. is. All right. I highly recommended. Like I said, a shutter exclusive right now. So uh, go check it out. Yeah. How long is it? Like hour 30, two hours? I think like an hour 30-ish. Hour 20. Oh, that's not bad. That's oh. not a bad commitment. Perfect yeah. length. Especially because it's really like four speak. No, three speaking roles. No, four. Four speaking roles in the whole movie, maybe. That's okay, though. Like, I mean, honestly, if the, if the plot and everything is good yeah. enough, it's that can hold. The interaction between uh, the quote-unquote God and Wes is, carries this movie exceptionally well. Well, so. then you sold me. It's a good twist on the Lovecraftian cosmic horror. Yeah. Because it's set in a bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so check it out. Uh, next up, we've got Skinnamarink. In this house. In this house. Now, this one's been getting a lot of buzz, it seems, from a lot of people. And it's really got a polarizing effect on the viewers. And you're the only one that saw this, right? I John, went you haven't and seen this, right? I have not seen it. Okay. No. I wanted to go see it because I do enjoy a good art film from time to time. I'm always down to try something experimental. And this one, unfortunately. That being said, I've got a glory hole you can check out, Mark. No. <laughs> This one, unfortunately, didn't do anything for me other than to put me asleep in the theater. Did you actually fall asleep in the theater? I fell asleep so is in this the theater. The, okay, okay, audience, a little peek behind the curtain. Mark has occasionally fall asleep in movies. And was it Godzilla versus King Kong? Or no, the original Godzilla that came out with- It was the um, 2014 American Godzilla mm, movie. Okay. Put me and to sleep. Robocop's the one where you spilled a drink. And fell asleep. You fell asleep in that one too? Oh yeah. Okay. So Robocop, the remake was fucking terrible. God, I don't even want to, thanks for bringing up that nightmare. I'd really pushed it down. What a terrible So this film. is the third movie that I know of that you've fallen asleep in. Yeah. So Skinner Marine joins the ranks of those. <laughs> Good job. Um, I'll just go ahead and read you my review that I wrote right after watching it to kind of let you know where I was at. It stinks. No. The scariest thing about Skinner Marine is that I couldn't pause the movie to see how much was left after I dozed off in the theater. 
The movie dredges up flashbacks of eight millimeter film projectors, still images with an audio cassette playing where the kid would like have to change the image when it beeped. You remember okay. that? Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. No. Garrett, you probably I, I've do. seen I that do. like in movies. I've never yeah. experienced no, it. No, it's in not life. the ones that go like this. Oh. It's not the moving one. The kid has to turn the picture. Get out of here. When Manually? the tape beeps. Yes. Back oh. in our day, John, the technology past. sucked. Yeah, the past was terrible. <laughs> and what I mean by that and why I was dredging up these feelings is because the director has chosen to shoot Dutch angles of floors, Legos, carpets, like static so shots. Like extreme low yes. like Dutch angles. Of, or you're you going to be looking at the crown molding of a roof mm. while kids whisper off screen. It also reminds me of Drugs Are Like That by Riff Tracks. Oh, wow. You, you know the feeling that that gave yep. you? It's slower than that somehow and not nearly as entertaining as the Riff Tracks Drugs Are Like That. <laughs> but I'm telling you, dude, like it's lit by a CRT TV. I took my glasses off because it didn't matter, and I put them on the table. <laughs> That's why you fell asleep, man. That's no, this why was you... after I woke oh, up. okay. <laughs> and... So none of none of the characters, if you want to call them characters, are ever in frame. The only sounds coming from the movie are like cartoons from a television. So like ambient audio yes. from other sources. So the, the, there's no soundtrack or whatever. Okay. Um, it does have this constant kind of fuzz sound that you would get from like a magnetic tape or a record. That kind sounds of that annoying. Kind of sounds. Um, and it's so fucking slow. It is so fucking slow, dude. And at some point you just get bored and you stop paying attention. I'll give them credit that they do sort of give you this sense and atmosphere of unease, but it just, it, it goes nowhere and you get bored and what's you're just like waiting for it. The plot Yeah, I was about to say, film. what's the plot? Okay, well, here's what IMDb says this one's about. Well, before we jump into that, I have to ask, is anybody seeing the Sherry Lewis and Brom like skin a rinky dink a dink song? No. Okay. That's a bummer. That doesn't happen. Go ahead, Mark. Sorry. IMDb says two children wake up in the middle of the night and find their father missing and all the windows and doors in their home have vanished. Now, that does happen. <laughs> and that's it. Wow. And What's it's the rest of the plot, though. Are they looking um, for their dad, I assume? Like a kid will wander upstairs 45 minutes later and like it, it, it's all very dreamlike and surreal, right? There, there is no really storytelling structure to this. Mm. You'll hear kids whisper. And then, like, more shots of the carpet, more shots of the TV. And then at some point, there uh, this other voice starts talking to them. And I'm telling you, it is drawn out. It sounds like something that may have worked in, like, 10 or 15-minute yes. short film. It, that's exactly what it is. It feels like somebody's art project short film got away from them. <gasps> and at some point, there is a couple of moments of, like, Oh shit! What's going on? But it, it's boredom rushes over you. Is it quick. like Blair Witch? Like what's going on off screen? Where you hear Slightly. like like people screaming from downstairs? She's like, "Where are you at?" Only way slower. <laughs> wow. Yes, but I definitely had the the vibes of uh, the Blair end. Witch as okay. well. Is there a payoff like in Blair Witch though? When you run downstairs and you see Mike standing in the fucking corner, and you're like, "What the shit?" Is there is it is there a payoff at the end of this movie? Is this you know when you, you know how it? you stare into the dark and you start to think you see something? It's kind of like that mm. through the entire movie. Uh, there is one point where oh, you I hear a voice, <laughs> a, a voice starts talking to a kid and is like, put the knife in your eye. And then you just hear a kid screaming off in the distance. Mm, okay. And then there's another scene where like, like a kid tries to go upstairs and then it shows the kid. Um, for the only time a, a kid is actually in frame in the entire movie and the eyes and mouth are gone. And it's just weird imagery like this. Like it's stuff that would work really well in a shorter time frame. 
But it seems to be hitting people very differently. And I did want to read a couple of reviews here from Letterboxd just to kind of give you someone else's point of view. The, your mileage may vary is what I'm trying to say on this movie. Is this one of those things where people have to convince themselves that something's good because it's so fucking different and no one else likes it? I think that's... Like when that person tries to convince you that one experimental band that their friend was in in like, like high school, it's like, no, 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 you just don't fucking get it, man. It's it's because you got to read between the notes. You, what they're not playing, it's like, no, they're in a fucking band. They play what they're supposed to play. There's a lot of that going okay, on. Okay, cool. Yes. Just wanted to make sure. There's a lot of that artsy-fartsy <laughs> whenever, oh, pretent- pretentiousness going on. Uh, whatever I... You, like, as you were explaying this movie, and you for, I, I, I always think of it, is it American Beauty where that kid was filming the plastic bag <laughs> yeah. I'm like uh, th- th- it's that kid got to make a movie and this is what it is now where I gave it a one and a half star this is a four and a half star review on Letterboxd okay wow watching this film is slowly realizing you're having a nightmare but there's nothing you can do to wake yourself up it's getting up for a glass of water in the middle of the night and sprinting back under the covers. This movie uses the ultimate fear, the fear that happens in real life after the movie is ended, where you know there's nothing behind the curtain under your bed, but your imagination runs wild with infinite possibilities. There may not be anything hiding in the shadows of this movie, but it certainly feels like there is. There's no, no, nothing no, in this movie. No, actually, you know what? I'm going to give that person some valid credit because, you know, that is one of the scariest things for me is when, like, I, my mind gets to fill in the blanks on some of this stuff. The problem is, though, you're a storyteller. You're a, a person who's, who's sending me on a, a specific journey or feeling as a filmmaker, artist, whatever. If you don't have a direction, then why the fuck am I joining you on this? You yeah. know? And the thing is, is like, sure, I don't have to see everything. But what's the point of this house having the windows disappear? What's the point of this voice? I don't need a whole, I mean, I love exposition, but like, I don't need a whole backstory, but what is the goal? Like, what is the the point other than just look at this scary stuff and your imagination can do the work? You know, like I paid you money to, you know, take me on this trip. Sure. Not for us to basically sit in the house and be like, where should we go? It's like us looking at brochures and wondering like how cool this place could be if we actually went to Cabo or, you know, Disney World or something like that. Yeah. I got it. Coming soon from Grave Talk Studios. We just put up scary words and ominous music. Vampire biting. <laughs> and then you as the audience just have to imagine whatever that is to you. Bring your own, you know, and we'll keep that up for 30 seconds. And like werewolf scratching. <gasps> and we just go through that. Brilliant. Thank Straight you. Straight up. We need to get with Shudder and call like Madly. Lib, the horror movie and basically what you do is you do a mad lib with horror words and then you have to make a short 15 minute film out of it make your own horror movie yeah yeah do yeah. all the Many work but give us the money please <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay are there more reviews other reviews use words like elevated horror on steroids you can go fuck yourself sir <laughs> thumbs down boo boo that man boo that man indeed <laughs> um and i'll just end it with one that i agree with I really appreciate the swing here. It's gorgeous and the vibes are just terrific, but it's fucking boring. <laughs> and that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with it. If, if you cut it in half, it'd be worth it. But again, listener, you should have both sides of the fence here. If you think that's something that you're going to be interested in, check it out. But again, it put me to sleep in the theater. Would have been a great um, Outer Limits episode. Yes. Okay. 40 minutes. 30 40, minutes. Yeah. 40 minute thing with all the imagery that was really actually kind of cool here and there. Just not drowned out by all the boring, nothing happening on screen. I dig it. What else should we talk about today? I want to talk about a movie I've actually seen since. Oh, you saw something. I saw something. In fact, you saw it with me. Oh, yeah. Don't play coy, Mark. Oh, okay. We went and saw (laughs) Megan. M3 Gan. I am Titania. Good night, Katie. Good night, Megan. 
That's, Regan. Sure. Why not? Because <laughs> it's version three of this Android oh. girl doll robot, yes, right? It is. Well, yes. Knowing what happens, imagine what version one and two must have been like if this is what the release version's like. Good point. Murders. Uh, yeah. Across <laughs> city lines. <laughs> Murders aplenty. Uh, we saw it at the theater, uh, Mark, you and I did. And yeah. um, honestly, I liked it. I thought it was a really good, fun movie. I thought it was pretty good. It doesn't bring anything new to the genre. If you've watched any science fiction in the last 35 years, it deals with making AI things. You've seen this movie. John, you've seen the Child's Play remake. Mm-hmm. You've seen this movie. It's just a different robot. Yeah, it's Child's oh, Play remake, okay. but like stepped up quite a bit. It's, I would say it's better than the Chucky remake. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, again, there's a, there's a lot of really good stuff in here. I liked the writing. I thought the writing was clever. I thought the acting was really well done for what it was. The, the child... I did not care for her as a character, but like she did fantastic. Um, everyone nailed it. Like, again, this was a really well competently made movie. And I think some of what they brought, while that is a very simplistic, you've seen this before, mm-hmm. they did bring some really unique things to it as far as like how the characters interplay and the focus on um, not so much the robot learning and killing, but more like how does this affect the child's development as a human? Like, how does this affect... Um, the mental psyche of a human and interacting with, uh, you know, artificial intelligence and stuff like that. So the writer did a really good job and I don't know the the writer's name, but, um, she did a really bang up job, um, on this, but yeah, it is, it is kind of, you know, you've seen, you've seen the trappings of this before. So IMDb says a robotics engineer at a toy company builds a lifelike doll and begins to take on a life of its own. This one was directed by Gerard Johnstone and story by James Wan. Oh, shit. The writer uh, was a woman, though. Akella Cooper is the screenplay credit. Ah. Sure, there you go. So more or less what occurs is this girl's parents get killed in a car accident because of the daughter playing on her iPad. They get well, don't blame the daughter for this. The parents were really dumb. They stopped in the middle of a road in an, an icy like storm where there's going to be snow plows and stuff. Yeah, so they get in a wreck and they die, and then she has to go live with her aunt, who is this robotics engineer for a toy company. And again, you have to... Modern-day entrepreneur spinster type woman. And as the years go on, I guess it becomes a little easier for you to accept that we could build an AI toy doll that can think and evolve and kill, right? But like again, that's the story that's been been handed down from generations of (laughs) science fiction writers. I, I feel like we're maybe six months away from our first doll murder. You think? Yeah. With chat GPT now and everything? Which company is going to make it? Uh, probably Hasbro. One of the Elon Musk companies. <laughs> no, not the way he's going with things. Yeah. That's what that's what He'll he will have no do though. Fucking money. He'll be like, oh, here's my uh, my my murderous doll company, and all his fans will be like, sign me up. I'd love to be killed by you, Mr. Musk. What a douchebag. Anyway, yeah. hey, never, sorry, I'm talking. We're I took we're it a different get direction. Supported by Elon Musk here. So <laughs> I would agree with Garrett though that the the angle this movie takes about how a child's development needing to fill the role of a parent and using the doll as that is actually very smart and, and clever to do. Well, there's an underlying story uh, line that um, the writer puts in play very early. The The original parents limit screen time. They don't let the daughter be on the, the electronics for too long and stuff like that because they don't want her to be like glued to it. And then the, the aunt who takes over custody is 100% reliant on her whole life is like, you know, reliant on like Alexa and her phone and yada, yada, yada. And so when the kid goes and lives with her, she's like, oh, there's no limit on screen time. Do whatever you want. So for her to let an AI take over these challenging things that a parent normally does and has to deal with 
And she's like, all right, I'm on board. But then there's other characters like, how's that affecting the kid? And it's how she slowly starts to realize that, yeah, these things are helpful, but there is no replacement for the interaction that we have with each other as humans. And that, you know, again, it was really well done and it's slow boiled and uh, it really pays out towards the end too. But as far as like the killer robot aspect of it, very cool visuals. Megan, I thought was going to be a lot more annoying based off the trailer, but works really well in the movie. They, there's animal killing in this though. Damn it. Mm, that's true. There's death of an animal. So just FYI. Cat, dog, dog, hamster. A dog. It's uh, a dog. That's, a, that's a, a tier one animal too. Dog death. Tier one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're yeah. biased. Yeah, man. Well, look, if you're assuming. Dogs are S tier. Come on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Top tier. It's not like a hamster. You know, it's Y'all still sad, dog. but that's like a D tier. Yo, my you know? cat people, come at me. Let's do this. Oh, cats. B tier. fuck, John. Tier two animal. Welcome I've back been. to the grave talk. Where we will fight over animals to the death. Two um, out of three majority rules. Cats are tier two. <laughs> tier oh. two. <laughs> We're going to put a poll up on whatever the social medias are. Look, I'm biased. I'm allergic to cats. Yeah, anyway, I too. highly recommend Megan. I think it was a very fun movie. I'm glad it's doing well. Uh, Megan is a 95% with the critics and 79% with the audience. That's way too high. It's made uh, $93 million on a $12 million Damn. budget. Holy shit. Good so, for them. That's almost like paranormal activity money. Yeah. It's funny that now that we've linked this person to the malignant script, and I can see the parallels. Yep. There's a lot of parallels between malignant and Megan. There's definitely some story. Is Megan is, uh, is is in the back of this kid? <laughs> no, but the end massacre that uh. each character goes on in both of the films is very like parallel. Okay, okay. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's these three movies that we decided to talk about today. I think I would go ahead and recommend two out of three, Skip, Skid, and Marink. But Glorious and Megan, worth your time. Yeah, big thumbs up on Glorious. I didn't see the other two. But, you know, take Mark's word for it. He knows these things. So I know these things. And as the least educated person about these movies, I'm going to say Megan was rad. The other two, I have no idea. But Skinner Rink does not sound enjoyable to me. I think Skinner Rink is coming to Shudder. Okay. And so if you want to check it out soon, I'm, it'll probably be there in the that's next a couple fair, months. That's a fair entrance fee right there. Yeah. yeah. Good. Free is tough could to put pass. Me, it could put me to sleep at home when I'm having, suffering from insomnia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listeners, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.